Yo, what up, everyone? You are now listening to Behind the Baller, aka the best real all around podcast in existence. We don't filter, we talk big shit, and we never apologize. This is episode 54, and yes, we broke some motherfucking records. Prior to episode 53 with Tack Stone, our podcast unfortunately fell to um, position 180, which is still in the top 200, which is fucking amazing. But we fell to 180 on the Apple charts, and that's the furthest I've seen us drop in three months. All right. But listen, check this out. We got some shit coming. And again, this ain't some fly-by-night show. We're here for the long haul. And I plan on podcasting for at least another 10 years, even after I retire from whatever work I'm doing, this will continue. I love doing this. I love all of you who are listening and goddamn, my motherfucking guy tax. <laughs> we didn't even technically go viral, really. You know what I mean? It could have even gone crazier, right? But um, a lot of places they didn't post the clips that I posted, you know, the sound bites and stuff. And I don't really care because I never asked any of them to do it. But we still climbed 156 positions on the charts and we peaked at 24, which is still fucking amazing, you know, going against NPR and, and all the big dogs and, and Yahoo and whatever and Dateline and all that stuff. And this is a business podcast. Remember, I'm in the toughest actual category, but it put us back where we needed to be. I just love that we have such a well-rounded fan base with people all over. And that's why what we're going to get into in today's episode is for everyone. No matter what color you are, what type of music you listen to, or wherever you live in the world. Are you ready? Let's fucking go. So this coronavirus, it's fucking bad. You know what I mean? And, and Am I obsessed with it? Yes, indeed. I can't stop thinking about it. I am for sure tripping the fuck out because it's scary. And because, you know, I, I kind of frequent Asia, you know. And I said, listen, man, I'm, you know, the last episode, I said, I'm cool with going to China. I mean, if I never fucking go again, fuck it, you know. And the funny thing is, after I said that on the episode, later on on Monday night, I sat down with the president of Fila. You know, actually, Fila is actually owned by a Korean company now. And um, they wanted to sit down and discuss a collaboration for 2021. And now their main headquarters is in Korea, but Fila is a huge brand. And, and their biggest business, meaning like where they actually crush it, is in China. Right? And um, they have over 2,000 fucking Fila stores, you know, in China. I don't know how many Foot Lockers there are in, in the USA, but I mean, there's over 2,000 Fila stores in China. And they're... Their like flagship stores are fucking insane. They're beautiful. They look like how Bape boutiques look. It's just crazy. You already know. Fila's done some dope ass collaborations recently. They did it Fendi. They got Gosha. And um, what they want me to do is something in China. <laughs> so with that said, I couldn't even focus on the fact. I was like, hold on. So um, one of the dudes there, representative dude, was uh, a guy who um, Jeff Staple introduced me to. He lives in China. So... Once I heard all that, I couldn't even focus on the fucking meeting anymore without asking, dude, wait up, hold on, bro. What the fuck is really good with the coronavirus, you know? And, um, you know, the dude, he, you know, he's, he's like, well, you know, he assured me, he's like, it's bad. But, you know, he's like, it's not that bad. Um, 
He didn't elaborate on the actual conditions and uh, not that he knows for fucking sure. But I know how shit goes down, as I mentioned in the last episode. This dude does too, but we're not going to get that deep into the conversation. You know, what we can say is that, you know, our biggest seasons for sales in any, you know, anything, right, is obviously from Black Friday up till, you know, January 1st or whatever. You know, that's the biggest season. Christmas holiday season is is our biggest. In China, it's Lunar New Year. You know, it's Chinese New Year. And that's when the biggest is. And, you know, Chinese New Year this year was fucking terrible because of coronavirus. That shit was down ridiculous since damn near before paper money existed. It was just real fucked up. And um, they even extended Chinese New Year 10 days extra, you know what I mean? But people still aren't back to work. What's crazy is I didn't even fucking have an actual clue geographically where, like, you know, I had no idea where Wuhan, China was, right? So when the dude from Fila showed me, I got shook as fuck. You know, I own Superism, and our factory was in Dongguan, so I was going to China a lot. You know, I've been around, and, you know, my boy Cole is, he, you know, he has an office in China. He has a place there um, for being a white boy. That motherfucker is completely fluent in Mandarin, and, you know, he knows what's up with China. And I got a lot of, obviously, Chinese people that I'm in contact with and everything else. But when I saw the geographic location, it fucked me up how fucking close that shit is to Beijing and Shanghai. You know, it's literally the central hub between those two major fucking areas, right? And check game, like, understand this. If there's something negative going on in Korea, please believe I'm going opposite of bias, right? I don't give a fuck if it's my motherland, you know? I'm not going to protect my own shit. It's, I'm just different. That's just the way I am. I'm harder on Asians than I would be, than most people would be, because I expect more. You know, it's sometimes I have an elitist way of thinking, but um, when it comes to Asian people, you know, but I just expect more, I demand more and, and I'll talk the most shit about them, you know, so I'll go harder on my own motherland than most people would. So I'm not going to fucking hide, you know, like I'm not going to lie and, and do shit to save face like most of, you know, that's what Chinese government officials, that's what they do. You know, I want to know the truth. So like a Viceland investigative reporter. I've been digging all over. I, I didn't fucking sleep last night. I've just been trying to find information about um, the coronavirus from friends and some of my people who live in China. You know, obviously, you know, they're um, 16 hours ahead. So, you know, you change PM to AM and then add four hours and that's where you are with it. But, you know, I got so many friends in China and um, I have some of my friends. You know, I have a few billionaire friends who are, who are Chinese and some of you might be asking yourselves right now, what the fuck do billionaires know? Well, listen, you fucks, if you made a billion dollars, you're obviously well-versed in business, right? But at the same time, you're probably well-versed in, in a few other things as well. And, and one thing for sure is a billionaire is going to make sure their health is in order, right? Because they want to enjoy that wealth, okay? And again, the few billionaires that I know, most of them are, are Chinese, or what, I know four billionaires, right? Three out of the four are Chinese. And, um, or, sorry, three of the four are Chinese passport holders. And they are for sure, without a doubt, very interested in their well-being and overall health. And the loved ones and the ones around them, their fathers, um, 
And, uh, you know, with the censorship shit going on in China and zero freedom of speech, even those billionaires or anyone even powerful that I know, like famous people I know in China, K-pop stars are from China. We'll get into that later. Why a Chinese, it's just, it's, but there's a lot of Chinese famous K-pop stars that are living in Korea, but they're, they're Chinese. And uh, they're very careful about what they say. Okay, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter, even if you're a billionaire, you're, they're very careful about what they say. They would never say anything derogatory against their own country. It isn't even a thought. It's like so deeply beyond embedded inside their brains to never speak badly about China, okay? But when you know, you know. And if what I'm about to say or just, you know, not pushing an agenda, not pushing a narrative, not that I'm just telling you what I know and what I've been thinking and what, there's just my personal shit. I'm not a fucking professional or anything else in this, but I'll tell you this, I ain't been wrong about many things, right? And I fact check, you know. Um, if I was banned from China, I wouldn't give a fuck. If that meant that my bag with Fila didn't happen, then oh well, my life is way more fucking important than, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars where the fuck it is. So with that being said, there are so many conflicting reports and just the US news, man, it's it's so crazy. How the fuck do like you know when you're a journalist and you know you, these people are so good they get the news. I'm wondering if they're just limited on what they can say. But the numbers that they're posting, it's so fucking off. It's crazy. Just yesterday morning, the Chinese news said, oh, we finally saw a decline in new cases of the coronavirus. Bullshit. All right. I wish I said that on Twitter yesterday morning. I wish I just said, you fucking, fucking bullshit. All right. I addressed it last night, but I knew and to my friends who listen to this show, they know that we've all been talking about this. And, um, you know, last night they even updated and said, oh, well, after a new way of um, calculations and things, we realized it's actually gone much worse and it's skyrocketed as far as whatever. And they're saying there's like, oh, 40,000 infected, you know, and, and 14,000 new infected, uh, you know, people. And no, man, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ain't no 40,000 infected and only 1,300 dead from this disease or whatever the fucking updated number. Listen, here's some facts, okay, with, you know, just basic shit, all right? Wuhan, China has a population of over 11 million people, okay? 11 million, all right? That's equivalent to Los Angeles and New York City combined. You're not fucking big if you really think about wherever the fuck you are in the world, the population of LA and NYC combined, okay? So once the virus was actually discovered, and by the way, you know, we were talking about that whistleblower, the journalist who broke the news story and everything else, he's dead by an alleged, or no, I'm sorry, by heart attack. Like, okay, sure, motherfucker, come on. Let's not be stupid, okay? So as soon as the virus was discovered, five million people that already left the city, okay? You know, we're talking about who knows how many fucking people go in and out. Again, I said this was a central fucking hub. These were people that work, working class people, take the train, this and back. They pass through Wuhan. Like, that's that's the area that they pass. And that shit spread fast as fuck, okay? Understand this about me for those of you who, you know, just know me from social media, just know whatever. Some people who haven't had a, you know, a legitimate conversation with me or interact with me you know, several times to actually know who I really am. I'm not a conspiracy theory person, okay? I don't believe in Bigfoot. Um, I do think that this was, I believe that this is a man-made virus. 
Um, I do believe it's it's to you know cut down the population and everything else. But that's not listen. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, all right? I do like to get a lot of credible information before I pass it because you know I want to make sure I'm right. That's why I like to talk you know my shit. And um, even if some of this information comes from people who hate or or let me say. There's some people that I got the information from who dislike China, okay? You know, you got to take that shit with a grain of rice, maybe a grain of salt as well, and you keep going with it. So if you go to Wendy, W-I-N-D-Y, Wendy.com, you can see data, right? Can't hide this shit. Chinese government can't hide. This is just what it is. You can see data which shows a massive release of sulfur dioxide gas from the outskirts of of Wuhan, all right? And that means that's commonly associated with the burning of organic matters, okay? Levels are elevated way fucking high. Even higher than compared to the rest of China, which is kind of high already, right? With this, this whole fucking um, virus going around. Now, uh, there's this uh, documentary on um, Guo Wengui, G-U-O, W-E-N-G-U-I. I'm sorry if I pronounce his name wrong or anything. But there's there's like a huge fucking documentary on him on Viceland. And um, he's like one of the biggest whistleblowers in Chinese history. He's also a Chinese billionaire. Um, and he was in business with the Chinese government. He's now exiled from China. And, uh, you know, China's been like, yo, listen, you need to fuck, the, told the U.S., you need to fucking extradite this man back to China. And America's like, no, fuck you. But he recently broke down a lot of shady shit that was going on. I think you should watch that fucking that documentary on Viceland. Came out a couple years ago. It's fucking crazy. And um, he broke down a lot of shit that was going on in his former homeland. Obviously, he has intel. This motherfucker made a shitload of money there, but he's always been part of the government. So he obviously has people. He has fucking moles all over the place. And um, that's not the part that's important. Well, it is important. But the reason for those SO2 levels being so high in and on the outskirts of Wuhan is because that type of level of sulfur is consistent with burning insanely high levels of bodies. Yes, bodies, corpses, meaning cremation, okay? Now, on a regular day in Wuhan, you know, a regular day, you know, people die, there's cremations going on. On a regular day in Wuhan, they might cremate up to 100 bodies or so. You know, there's 49 crematories all in Wuhan. And... um. Per a Hong Kong news reporter, uh, this this news reporter, she spoke to one of the managers that runs a crematorium in Wuhan. And in normal times, he has 24 ovens that are lit five days a week for about four hours at a time. Okay? Now, that manager said he has so many fucking corpses that he's burning the ovens at 24 hours a day, seven days a week around the clock. And any scientist that knows sulfur dioxide, you'd have to be burning 14,000 plus bodies to have reached those levels of emissions. And the crazy part is that manager said, this is what's been going on. You know, I guess people talk and whatever jewelers talk and whatever fucking field you're in, you know, it could be a fucking gardener or whatever. People have, you know, allies in the business and stuff. And he's like, yo, man, this shit's been going on. Everyone's fucking burning bodies. There's corpses all over the fucking place. And this has been going on for 17 days at least. And that billionaire, Guo, whatever the whistleblower dude, he claims there aren't 44,000 infected or 1,300 dead. He's like, yo, listen, there's at least 
50,000 dead and there's over a million people infected. He, he said there's like 1.5, but I'm going around looking at people and talking to shit and they're like, you know, man, you know, yeah, you know, there's definitely, you know, over a million people infected. Do you even know how fucking, fucking crazy that shit is? Like, this is like not even a fucking pandemic or, this is, this is some crazy shit. This is on some, uh, and I'm not, you know, some people are, are driving in their cars like, what the fuck is Ben talking about? I'm being dead ass serious right now. You know, when I'm talking to my people in China, so think about, you know, who I had my birthday party with two years ago. And she's an heiress, right? And who her dad is. And, and you know, just the, just the ties I have with certain people. Um, there's been uh, girls on my Instagram page that I hang out with and they have high, super insanely high real, ranking military people in their family. And, you know, those type of people, listen, the military in China, they rule over any businessman, over any billionaire. That's the, where the real power is, right? In the Chinese community, part, you know, communist party. Um, you know, when I'm talking to my friends that are, that are associated with this shit, none of them shied away to any of that. They're, they just, you know, they didn't deny any of it. You know, they're, they're scared to talk about it, but they're like, no, nah, I wouldn't be surprised. That, that sounds accurate. You know, if over a million people were infected. And, you know, the Chinese government, they're just way too proud, you know, and they're always trying to save face. You know, again, you know, everything is fucking blocked out there and whatever. But this is 1,000 times worse than SARS. This is some shit that nobody has ever seen ever. And what's fucked up is that you're going to see this shit get worse. And I'm dying to know how the fuck Chinese Communist Party is going to hide this. You know, I mean, they were able to hide, you know, the Kim Kardashian, Beyonce of China, the, the biggest actress in the world in China for seven, eight months, she just disappeared. No one on the fucking, no one in China saw her, no one knew where the fuck she was. She was just gone, all right? And it was over like $15 million in taxes she owed. Then all of a sudden, she just reappeared and she can't discuss it, she can't talk about it, nothing like that at all whatsoever. So like imagine if like Drake tomorrow just became missing for seven, eight months and the government knew what was going on but none of his friends knew or some of his friends kind of had ideas, whatever, but there's no body, there's no funeral, there's nothing they can't talk about. Then all of a sudden, he reappears and um, he couldn't say anything. You know how fucking crazy that is? You know? And um, what's even even crazier, you know, I got friends who live in Hong Kong. I have friends who live in China. And they're just like, you know, all these people who live in these high rises, they're just fucking throwing their domestic pets off their fucking 30 floors up, you know, 20 stories up, 10 stories, 40 stories up. They're just throwing their cats and dogs off the fucking balconies. This is true fucking story. And it's, and it's going around. They're just like, like, you fucking idiots. It's not domestic pets, motherfucker. It's bats and all the crazy shit like rats and things like that. And these dumbass people are doing this. It's like, the fuck is... It, it's disgusting. And um, the thing that scares me is how many thousands of people, if not millions maybe, you know, but definitely thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have traveled from China to who knows where else in the world in the last two months, in the last 60 days, you know, it's fucking scary. It's so fucking scary that yesterday I messaged Takashi Murakami because we're having, we have a trip. Um, I'm in business with him and, you know, I'm scared about my trip to Japan, even though Japan is a very clean place. And, you know, this is coming, this is what I'm like 21 days away from going there. And, you know, he messaged me back. This guy is fucking busy as fuck. He's incredibly fucking important. He's famous. He's got a lot of shit to do. He recorded a one minute reply in a video form because it was too much to type, I guess. 
And he's like, maybe, you know, uh, you know, you like pain, you know, it's very a big concern. A lot of people are canceling trips to Asia. You know, if you want to, you know, you know, maybe you postpone your trip to late March or early April because, you know, what they're saying is the virus can't survive in, in hot weather. So when it gets like over 78 degrees or 80 degrees, you know, on a consistent level, that's when the overall temperature is that high, you know, it's, it's, it can't survive. So, you know, I don't know, you know, I checked the CDC reports for Tokyo um, and, uh, you know, I even checked the U.S. Embassy and what their alerts are in Tokyo and Tokyo's on a level one or Japan's on a level one out of four and Tokyo's probably safer, but a level one out of four means just be cautious. It's on the lowest possible level. You know, um, I think zero if, if it's no level, but, or I don't know, it, I'm not sure yet, but one is there's no refunds going on from airfare and shit like that, right? But now my health is is obviously priceless. You know, I have to look over three kids and my wife and my family. And um, But, you know, I bought a $10,000 fucking suite as far as a flight. You know, my flight, you know, round trip, I'm in a suite. And it's not like really fully refundable. And, and you know, I don't get insurance on flights. Okay, I don't get insurance on travel because the few times I have, you know, I've had one where actually there was a funeral. Had one where, you know, I had um, a, a death in the family. Had one where... where, where People were sick. All the legitimate reasons that were inside their terms. And it's like just bogus. It's just that shit wasn't refunded the, you know, fully. It was a fucking nightmare. It wasn't worth the drama. And, you know, maybe it is for other people because, you know, it's a lot of money. But, you know, and this is through the actual airlines, you know, the major airlines, you know, whether it be fucking United, American, Delta. I'm not talking about fucking Frontier or Spirit Airlines. I don't fly those fucking airlines, okay? And this is even through Expedia, which Expedia is a huge company. Anyways, fuck the money, okay? I can make that back. All right, but I'm going to monitor the situation heavily because the most dangerous parts of Japan are inside the airport or actually on the fucking airplane flying to Japan because who knows, you know, um, there still are some flights that are doing layovers in China even though they said, oh, we're not flying directly to China. That's bullshit. There are layovers that are stopping in China somewhere here and there and it's like, you know, the good thing is that, you know, these airports like in Japan and in and, and Korea, they're, they're checking to make sure if your passport even has a motherfucking stamp from anywhere in China, whether you just stop there to fucking change planes, they're checking the motherfucker like, ah, oh, yeah, dog, you have to be quarantined or you ain't being allowed in. And, and I'm glad they're doing that. But um, I bought a bunch of fucking Lysol disinfectant wipes that kill flu viruses and everything else, just in case. Um, they say a nine N95 mask is sufficient to prevent uh, yourself from catching the novel uh, coronavirus, but fuck that. I need to go the extra yard. You know, I got an N99 mask. Okay. Um, now, there are a few cases of coronavirus in Japan, and the majority of them, like the, the real, real bulk of that, is on that cruise ship that's you know docked outside of Yokohama. So you know, my worries lie inside Haneda Airport and the airplane, like I said. And we will see. You know, I got gloves. I got all that shit. But you know, is it worth to risk it, even if it's like? If it's over a 5% chance, I just might not go. And we'll see. And this shit got my wife so shook for our trip to NYC. So we got all the kids' masks and all that. And fuck, man. Listen, you guys, I want you guys to understand that that I'd rather spread this, not to scare you guys, but to keep you guys informed. I'm not trying to, to you know, cause mass hysteria amongst anything. I'm not trying to break a story. I, I don't give a fuck if this shit make CNN news. Uh, that's not my, my uh, you know, objective. My objective is for the people that subscribe and listen to my podcast on a regular, I want you to understand that if you fly to Asia, 
often or whatever, maybe consider pushing that shit to summertime or until the shit dies down. I just wanted to bring awareness to it and that those media news reports are completely off. Those numbers are just 100% off. But okay, enough is enough. I need to take a break and drink some motherfucking water. My, my mouth is getting dry. Miles, please hit me off with a mellow, lakey beat. And let's get to these fan questions. What up, guys? So Quip, makers of the Quip electric toothbrush, wants you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care is simply this. If you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes, twice a day, and flossing regularly, no matter what brand you use. Quip makes that simple. Starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and a 30-second pulse to guide a full and even clean. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping. So your routine is always right. Join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash baller right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash baller spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash baller. What up, y'all? So we're going to get into some questions right now. As you know, or if you don't know, if you see like some stuttering or hesitation or something in, in my speech during these fans' questions, um, know this. I don't pre-read them. I don't put them on paper. I don't look it after. I'm literally looking at screenshots in real time. I feel like it's better. It uh, There's like more element for surprise. You know, I just read it. It's just I'm not going to change the way I do it. But uh, anyways, for the first question, uh, Pinoy Denzel uh, puts Andrew Yang question, it's Gene V. I'm a Filipino American in the digital marketing space. I wanted to see if you can get Andrew Yang on your podcast. I know you talked about him early, but not really a solid endorsement for business reasons. Maybe, or you just don't mess with them. But I think this dude is legit. Please let me know your thoughts on Andrew Yang. Love your podcast. Um, I did endorse him. And if you look at uh, um, the people who um, put out celebrity uh, endorsements for um, Yang, um, I'm on there. Um I didn't make like a political statement, like, you know, like a full endorsement for him, but, you know, but that's who I was voting for. Um, and as far as the podcast, uh, yeah, you know, I got in contact with his campaign manager and his team and um, I had an opportunity to, to interview him, but um, I didn't have time. So, you know, I'll definitely get him on there somehow. And uh, I do, I, I want to interview him, so he'll be on that list. Uh, DNice110 asks, is there any chance of you getting a job to do those Subo rings in 2020. Um, you know what? It's fucking crazy. You know, I usually go after that grind. Uh, I haven't reached out to the Kansas City Chiefs shit. You know what? I don't know, man. Um, I'd make some dope-ass fucking rings for them. And I know that there's different angles about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, 
that's a good question. Um, maybe I'll start doing some fishing. And maybe you guys all who listening to the who are listening to the show, why don't you DM the Kansas City Chiefs page and say, hey, at Ben Ball, I should do the rings because he's the best jeweler in the world. Uh, little Tunchi, who's obviously not really Lil Wayne, but writes top 15 movies. Yo, Ben, been listening for a minute all the way from Twin Falls, Idaho. Twin Falls, Idaho, dope, man. Get a podcast of the top 10, 15 movies. Um, by the way, still Niner Gang all day. Uh, listen, man, fuck the Niners. But uh, I will do a top, I won't do a top 10, 15. I'm definitely doing at least a top 25 or top 50. And I'll definitely get that cracking. Um, FHR3 uh, writes, La Cunada. Thanks for the knowledge, Ben. You give us, question is, what's your worst cop incident speeding ticket you've ever gotten? Also, you should have gotten another Trial Stradale. They're going for like 190 and appreciate it up and up. Um, worst cop incident speeding ticket I ever got. Worst cop incident was I um, had a gun on me and um, it was uh, when I had a CCW and I had uh, I had some pills on me and uh, I had some lean on me and they searched the entire car. They found the gun and I told them I had a gun, you know, so it took 45 minutes for them to run my numbers and everything right while I'm handcuffed in the back of the car. It's on the fucking corner of Sunset and San Vicente. It's like a real fucking popular area. And I had my M5, my white infamous M5, the body kit and everything. And they pull me over, waste my motherfucking time. And what happens? I have colitis. I need to fucking take a shit. I tell them, I said, listen, I'm gonna shit on myself. I need to fucking take a shit, boom. Um, I do shit on myself a little bit. And it was a fucking horrible situation. I didn't get cited for fucking anything. It was fucking stupid. I had proof that I had a prescription for the pills. Um, they didn't know what the fucking lean was. So they didn't really care about that. But their biggest issue was them seeing if my gun was legit. And it was. And they're just fucking idiots. So is what it is. As far as a challenge to Dale, um, I do want to get one. They're not 190 because I'm looking for one under 3,000 miles. You know what I mean? And, and, and uh, I'll find one. So what is next? Um, Fernando. Inez writes, uh, what up, Ben? I was listening to another podcast that had George Paniche on it. He spoke a lot about you. Ever thought about having him on the podcast? Um, George Paniche is a great kid. Uh, he's part of Nipsey Hussle's camp. He's uh, was a very big part of his camp. He's he's actual, you know, official team member of, of that family. And uh, I helped him get his start in life, his career and everything. I don't know. It'd have to make sense. So I, I really can't speak on it. But shout out to George, man. He's a good dude. Um, Will Risen from Will in Studio City. Hey, Ben, love the podcast. Want to say I appreciate the two episodes per week. Wanted to ask you, do you think they should bring back MTV Cribs? Maybe you should do your own show. I don't want to do a crib show and I don't want to be featured on Cribs. Uh, I'd rather keep my life private about that until I'm living on an island and uh, I don't have anybody near me. I look at all the celebrities that live in my neighborhood and um, the athletes and stuff and wow, man, they're just to know that their fucking addresses are out there. It's scary. Um, yeah, Cribs would be interesting. You know, I think Nick Cannon was trying to do it and um, Scott Disick was and whatever. My boy Herman, shout out to Herman Flores. He was uh, one of the producers on Cribs. I mean, yeah, why not? Um, but again, it's, it's a lot of capping going on with that shit. Um, CTD Lurker writes, love the pod, Filipino, Philippines question. Hey, Ben. Love the podcast. Appreciate what you do. I am traveling to the Philippines for the first time. What's your top places to eat in Manila, Boracay, Cebu? Um, I've never been to Cebu. 
uh, Manila and Brock guy. Listen, man, it's been a couple years, so you know what? Honestly, to tell you the truth, there are too many places that have updated, but, you know, I obviously love it, the Manila pen, the peninsula in the Manila. Um, there's a Japanese restaurant in the Shangri-La in uh, Makati that I love. There is a uh, Chinese restaurant inside the um, Shangri-La in Makati. There's a lot of places in the fort. Can't remember the fucking names. Um, there's a few places in Greenbelt that I like, but you know, everything, even the street food in, in the Philippines is really good. Famous B, uh, writes, ask Ben, um, podcast is dope. Keep up the good work. I know you have mentioned these two a lot because of the impact they had on you. So with that being said, do you think you have any plans on having Mr. Cartoon or Ice T on the podcast? Uh, I would love to have Mr. Cartoon on the podcast. I just need to figure out what I'd ask him and, and where it, where it came into place. Um, Ice T definitely 100%. Um, I think Mr. Cartoon had a probably bigger impact on my life, but that doesn't mean that it would make for a good interview. I don't know. I have to figure out what I'd need to add, how I would make it a dope interview. Ice T, insane fucking stories. You know, actually, my bad. Mr. Cartoon has a lot of fucking amazing stories too. Don't know if we talk about them on my podcast. Um, Ice T for sure. Um, I'm going to figure that out for sure. Um, Jin Pokey writes, been following you from Kansas for years now. Truly an inspiration for people that want to be among the elites. We owned a long-standing donut shop in Kansas City. Be sure to stop by whenever you're in Kansas. Question, what would your next business investment be? <sighs> you know what, man? I always said I wanted to run some sort of a business um, and uh, have my wife run it, whether it be like a wing stop or something really silly. But you know what? I honestly think that I might put some money in the app. Don't know what type of app. But I've seen some amazing success with my boy Paul and a couple other people, my boy Aaron with Network App and everything. I think an app might be it. And that's just off the top of the head. I've never even said that before. Um, June Sakura writes, can you please do a K-Town Hustler series? Hi, Ben. I've uh, been listening from Montrose, California. Love listening to your experience and hustling on Behind the Baller. Can you please do a K-Town Hustler series three? Um, yeah, I'll get to it. I have really haven't had the time, man. You know, that's, that's just fucking for real. I really have not had the fucking time. I do want to get that Katon Hustler 3. But you know what? I'm trying to leave the best for last and, I don't know, spread it out a little bit. Um, the Only Brendo writes, What's good, Ben? Coming at you live from Boston. You'd fit in good around here for many reasons anyways. How do you feel about John and Vinny's in LA? Uh, I've been to Boston many times. My sister went to school there. My brother went to school there. Two of my cousins went to school in Boston. I'm talking about like my brother went to school in Boston for many years of his life. I've been in Boston a lot, so shout out to the T <laughs> and uh, shout out to fucking uh, Newberry Street. But anyways, um, John and Vinny's is one of my favorite spots. It was in my food episode if you listen to it. I love John and Vinny's. They have a great fucking, they have great pasta. They got great desserts. Mark Berg, 1995, I guess from Pittsburgh, writes, Yo, Ben, listen to every episode since day one from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Do you have any stories about being in Pittsburgh also, when is KD coming on the podcast? That's a good question, man. I was talking to Jordan Winter about Kevin Durant, and I was really pissed off that we didn't get that chance to get him in New York. Um, I talked to KD yesterday, actually, and um, I got a meeting today with his uh, business partner, which is just total just random shit. Um, any stories about being in Pittsburgh? Yeah, man, being out there and going to the Hill Projects with Melman. Um, and uh, fuck, man, my boy Bud is from Pittsburgh, my boy Noel. Uh, who um, Noel actually I'm sorry National but yeah Melman going out to Pittsburgh and, and, and uh, going out to a, actually a Steelers game 
way, way back in the day when I was rocking with the Raiders. But not much, really. It was cold. It was fucked up. We were in the Hill Projects. Um, it was uh, none special. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't have a special story. Pittsburgh, you know, dope area. Shout out to everyone from Pittsburgh, my man Wiz. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Um, that's about all I got really for, for Pittsburgh. Um, the last couple questions. Mauricio Mungui writes, What up, Ben? Podcast out of this world teaches you to level up wherever you are. Would there ever be a part two with Cole Harris? Yeah, man, you know, Cole's always welcome to come on and he always got some shit that we could talk about. Maybe when he, he might run for office again, I don't know. So, you know, yeah, definitely have Cole on there again. Um, Nadia44J from Huntington Beach writes, show us fire. So refreshing to listen to a street smart and business savvy person like you. Me and my husband especially love the Koreatown stories. Question, has your wife ever smoked trees? If not, have you ever wanted to with her? Much respect and big ups. My wife, Early on, smoke weed with me here and there. Um, but yes, my wife hits the VVS pen probably every other night. Helps her sleep. So when she gets a chance, yeah, my wife smokes weed. Um, last time she smoked flour, though, was probably eight or nine years ago. It's been a little while. So, yo, that's it for questions. Let's get back to the show. Miles, hit me off with some music, please. back um you know this is a business podcast technically but you know i talk about all kinds of shit music current events and everything and you know i spit a little game um about business obviously you know and 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 i talk about money you know and and the climate of money today in the world how i see it is like i came across this page the other day and it was called rich kids instagram and i just shake my fucking head like Whoever runs this page is, is not only a fucking idiot, not only a fucking douchebag, and not only the biggest dumb fuck ever. They're probably not rich. And I mean that in every aspect of the of the word, right? They're not even financially rich. This is such a lame fucking page. Like, really? This is some sad shit. It just so much fucking fronting going on. There's so much capping. There's so much fronting on Instagram. It's fucking pathetic, all right? But on the whole other end of the spectrum, in the real world today, you got NBA players in their early 20s making $25 million a season, which is fucking crazy, all right? Where the the money that's being made by some people, you know? Um, And then you got rappers who are getting upwards to $350,000 a show and I'm sorry, I mean that by festivals, doing a festival show. Some of these guys are getting like 50 to 100 for a regular show. And these are young dudes, right? In their early 20s again. And they're making crazy shit, doing other shit on the side. They can get 25, 40, 50,000, well, 25,000 for an hour appearance, which is a lot of money cash on the table. Okay, that's a shit. Especially if you're doing three or four of those a week. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're talking about, you know, motherfuckers are making over a quarter million dollars cash, just chilling easily. Okay along with their weekly show money, whatever, endorsements, Instagram shoutouts, whatever. Money isn't real anymore. It's gotten so fucking crazy. It just fucks my head up. And it just, it's, you know, my assistant had a meeting with him last night and and he's telling me, he's like, yo man, you know, money doesn't make anybody happy. He makes a lot of money actually. And, and he has a side hustle and stuff. And 
he was talking about it and um he wants to do more like charity work and nonprofit work and things like that and it's just and he's genuine about it it's fucking crazy that you know I trust this dude so much it's crazy with my kids everything um but okay so back to the rappers you know the crazy part is you got this rapper who has you know let's say someone in their entourage a cousin a friend he's deep in their entourage travels everywhere with them you know and he has nothing else going on in his life why the fuck would he want to stay in the hood or wherever the fuck he's at and live this normal life why wouldn't he want to fly first class or on private jets and be in Ferraris, Lambos and, and Maybox and shit and eat the best food, smoke the best weed? Of, of course he would, right? And after a certain point, that person gets delusional. You know, they really get jaded and they think it's like their money because they're so close to it, they feel like it's theirs, right? And that guy will go talk shit to a working class person and be like, oh man, shut your broke ass up, man. You know what I'm saying? That's why you ain't rocking designer. You know what I'm saying? You ain't pushing no fly shit. You in an American car and and like, again, man, you know, maybe this is a relative or it's a homie. You know, maybe he gets, a, you know, he might get a small salary. Let's even say he gets five G's a month. Let's say he even gets 10 G's a month cash from the said rapper or whatever it may be. That shit ain't gonna last you very long if you're out there buying Gucci sweats and, and Balenciaga hoodies and shit. And, you know, they're jaded and they don't realize that there's really no career and being a professional entourage member, all right? There's no longevity in it, okay? Even with the biggest fucking names in the business, all right? But rappers, they're the ones. You don't see Brad Pitt walking around with fucking security, okay? It's rare. They might have some handlers here and there, but when you see rappers, it's crazy how many people they have to have on the payroll. Some of these people are just, even if it's just flights and shit, it's just, it's just nuts. It's the sure way to go broke, all right? But with these... These people in the entourage, like, don't you want to do something on your own? Don't you want to do your own shit? Like, I have some homies, like, um, who are hype men for Tyga and other people, but they went out and started their own business. They went out and became an A&R. They went out and became a manager, and they went out and did their own thing. It's like, again, you know, money isn't real, man. It just, it's so crazy to me. Like, I'd always want, I've always wanted to make my own shit, never wanted to rely on anyone else. I hate relying on anyone for any, just even on time. You know, I wish I could make my own food on a regular basis, but, you know, it's just quicker for someone else to do it. But I have to put shit in perspective on a regular. You know, I get jaded, okay? I see guys misquote jewelry prices all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, fucking uh, Chibi TV, John oh, Elliot uh, made these green light pieces for this much. You know, those are at least a million each. And you know, the Migos bought this. And Bro, you shut the fuck up. Can someone else just explain, like, you know how fucking stupid you sound? Okay. And this is what I do for a living. I know every aspect of this business. Okay. Let's say a guy, you know, a, a big rapper gets $300,000 a festival. Let's say he does six festivals in a year. He does shows. He does all types of shit, appearances, everything. And let's say that rapper makes $10 million that year, okay? That means he took home about $5.5 million at most after taxes, okay? He's got, and then think about shit. He's got agents. He's got managers. He's got so many other fucking things. And let's say he's been making this money for a couple years, okay? So let's just say if he was really smart, and he put the money away in low-risk investment shit here and there. He'd be worth maybe $10 million plus legit, okay, with proper investments. That's not the case. In fact, I would say, even with all these accountants and shit and everything else, you know, they do what they can to manage the money. But you know what? These motherfuckers aren't going to study. Some of them really care, all right? And some of them don't. Um, and if they don't, you know, people are like, nah, fuck this, fuck you, you're, you're cap, you're full of shit, you know, blah, blah, man, you're stealing my money. This is some bullshit. You know, I'm going to go fucking go to another account. And it just, I've seen it happen so many times. 
all right? But you do the math, all right? You know, most of these people don't own the fucking cribs that they say they do, but let's just say they did, all right? This, this is small level. Let's say they own a $3 million crib. Let's say they got a jet, which is going to cost a million dollars in, you know, in a year to run. You know, they're spending quarter million, half million dollars a year on clothes. You know, they fucking finance a million dollar Bugatti through my boy RD, you know? And then you get jewelry, that isn't even officially appraised by a real gem lab, but like an official gem lab where you could take one gem lab to another. You can't be off. You can't have a piece that says it's worth $200,000, then go somewhere else and it's worth 90. Do you know? If it's worth like 175, whatever, and some people pad it up a little bit, okay, cool. But you got to go to a real fucking place to get an appraisal that your insurance company is going to accept, right? You think these guys can afford a fucking million dollar chain? Do you have any fucking <laughs> <laughs> do you know how fucking ridiculous it's i i want to jump through i don't get mad at people you know when people are like oh mess you are and arguing i'm talking shit i forget about it sometimes or i'm like oh fuck i forgot i left that comment and i troll people and i'll go drive i'll go to damn busters i'll go eat with my kids and then i realize other than these people are pissed off they're mad inside because of what i said and i'm like i don't give a fuck but like they're not buying a million dollars there's people who can't don't get me wrong there are people who can't but a lot of shit is cap. I'm serious. I'm sorry, man. It's the fucking truth. All right? I know what it's like to collect money from the biggest fucking rappers. Okay? From time to time, sometimes it's a fucking headache. And that's why I don't like dealing with fucking rappers. Unless you're on a whole fucking different level. And some of these guys are crying because their albums are being held up. So their bag is fucked up. And when their bag is fucked up, what do you think that means? That means that their entourage ain't eating. And, you know, I've just been around this shit too long. It's scary, all right? It's good to support your homies. It's good to support your boys, help them out and everything. It's also good to not be a yes man, okay? If something ain't hot, be honest and be like, yo, dog, I don't know, man. I don't know about that one. You ain't got to say it in a rude way. You could be nice. But, uh, you know, that's cool. It's all right. Like, oh, it's just cool because, you know, they don't know. They've been fucking cabin fever in a session for who knows how long they're in the studio, whatever. So many people out there in studio sessions not making heat. There's so many fucking people with home studios that are not making dope music. And there's a lot of people who are. Okay. But I've been to a million studio sessions where I've heard some trash ass music and they got dudes in their crew saying, oh, shit. Yo, that shit lit. Yo, that's a hit. Yo, man, we about to go platinum. And, you know, just understand this, guys. When, when you say that shit, it, when you say these crazy words, these adjectives, it takes the definition away. You know, you water down that word or the word. You really water it down. Again, like celebrity, you know, the word don't mean the same what it used to, you know. And some people tell me, oh, well, how come each time you drop a chain, you're like, oh, man, it's one of my greatest creations. You know, this shit is crazy. Well, you know why? Because it is. And I'm I'm rare. <laughs> it's the plain truth. You know, why is it that, you know, these three or four pieces that I drop are pieces that have gone up in value, not gone down? You know, you're going to the wrong places, you're around the wrong people. You're not informed. It's the truth. You know, if I was saying that about 30, 40 pieces a year, you know, I'd be fucking crazy. I'd be I'd look stupid. All right. But none of these, not one single one of these jewelers are collaborating with world-renowned artists. They're not pushing the bar. They're not going, I'm not hating. It's like, all right, man, go get your paper. Cool. If I was really a dick, I'd fucking fucking make it more difficult for you to make paper. I'm just telling all you guys to level up. 
in the jewelry game. All right, stop using CVDs. Stop using enhanced diamonds, okay? You're doing this just so you can adjust with the rapper's budget, your client's budget, okay? Like, it's not that deep. I don't give a fuck. Some people is like, oh, how come a lot of people don't go to you? No, 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 you got it wrong. It's how come I don't accept the jobs? You know, I got a motherfucker the other day with 4 million followers just DM me. And I'm like, how the fuck is this motherfucker DM me from jail? Aren't you in jail, dog? Big ass rapper. But listen, man, there's no loyalty in the jewelry game. I've seen some of these New York jewelers actually go up and pick up these rappers from the airport. It, it's fucking mind boggling. They'll go pick them up. You know what I mean? And escort them all day long. Like literally follow them to the hotel, follow them to the studio, follow them to go shopping and stuff just so that nobody tries to sell them jewelry. You know how fucking disgusting that is? Like it's just, it's not even, the word, if there's a word that's 10 times further worse than the word pathetic, that's what it is. You know, you know that jeweler Peter Marco who's associated with Jadel Beverly Hills, like Jadel BH on, on Instagram, you know, it's like it, these guys are just buying followers. Like I do Peter Marcos buying comments, buying followers. It's like, bro, why? It, 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 it's insane, you know, and you always see like Kim Kardashian and some of these other huge celebrities and they're getting these free chains, free like 20 millimeter fucking fully iced out. You know, it could be high quality SI, maybe a low quality VS. I'm giving the benefit. I'm seeing pictures, videos, but like bottom line is these ain't cheap chains. These are expensive, you know, like, and like, allegedly, Jadell Beverly Hills took a $30 million memo. A memo means like, you know, when you get diamonds and stuff. We don't have memo at, at IF & Co. We don't do memos. I would say 95% of the businesses do. They do. I don't give a fuck who it is. It could be fucking um, pristine, uh, Icebox, all these other fucking places. They're all memo. They have memo all over their shop. When you see a bunch of jewelry in the store, they, um, you know, it's loaned until it's paid off or, you know, it's like one guy gets a watch on 47th Street and then fucking, if they don't sell it in two days, someone else has it and then a week later, someone else has it until it's sold and it's like, you know, you get a memo and it's like, you pay it. It's a higher amount but you know, that's how they survive out there. You don't have to really like go and do work. You could just fucking memo. It's like white labeling in, in the cannabis game and allegedly, you know, Jadel Beverly Hills took a $30 million memo and now they're claiming bankruptcy and the reason why is because they're giving away all that free shit because they want to be fucking popular and famous. And it's just like crazy, man. They just, it's such a fucking scumbag way of doing business. And, you know, they, they something to be worth $100,000. They'll sell it for $80,000. They won't make a profit. In fact, they'll take a loss. And it doesn't matter because they claim bankruptcy. You know, the world is so fucked up. It's insane. You people need fucking help. And um, that's another reason why, you know, People ask me, why don't you wear big chains and this, whatever? I don't need to. Look at my earrings. Look at my wedding ring. Look at my, you know, even my, my daily watch and certain things. Just, I just have to keep it at a certain level. But that's why you always see me in a white tee, right? You catch me walking through Target solo. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just, you know, I got to keep that shit grounded at a certain at a certain level. But like, listen, what I'm getting at as well is I hated school. I, I don't know how many times I've said it publicly, privately, whatever, but I do, I do think, truly, truly think that school teachers should be making six figures, period, at the least, okay? Teachers are so fucking important, especially, you know, um, in elementary school, in high school, because you're preparing people for the world. 
You know, I understand why professors are paid at colleges and everything else. And it's just, you know, you're not, you know, you go to public school, you're not going to public college, matter it's state, community, whatever, you're paying something. Okay. So those professors, I get them getting paid and we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, these teachers, let me give you an example. The teachers that help London out and writer, especially London though, you know, at young age, at, at four, at five, at three years age, even six, you know, London's old school. I've helped out with so many extra donations and gifts. To this day, I feed his old school. I'm talking about there's hundreds of kids there. There's That's including staff, faculty, you know, interns, whatever the fuck it was. I've fed their entire school several times, you know, Chick-fil-A, whatever it may be, because they took such good care of London. I wish that school went on to fucking be, went to fucking high school, you know. They were so fucking good. They actually cared. And to show my appreciation, I did that because it meant so much to me, you know. So I just think that teachers deserve to be paid so much more. Now back to the university thing. I know that there's some universities that where, where, where professors make you know, my my father taught Asian history at UCLA. He was a professor for 30 years at UCLA. My father never made more than thirty thousand dollars a year. Okay. And he was full time. All right. My dad was never in it for money. My dad loved teaching. And uh, my dad was all about, you know, academics and shit. That just wasn't, that wasn't fucking me at all. With all that being said, listen, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. I just have no desire to put in super hard work these days, you know. Um, of course, I put in an insane amount of effort with my jewelry pieces. But those go in spurts, you know. I work a certain amount of time and then I go to the side, all right. I'm not in that 20-year-old, you know, early 20, or 20, anything, 29, 28, 27, or early 30-year-old mode. I'm not in that grind mode anymore. I'm not. And I don't think, I, God forbid, you know, something happened, but I've been smart with my money, and I'm in a different place in my life. You know, I already put in that hard work. I already busted my ass. I already broke my fucking back. I'm in a different chapter of my life where I'm working smarter, and now my money is working for me. What that means is I'm making money when I fall asleep. I'm, I'm making money when I'm asleep now, okay? No matter what time zone I'm in, all right? And I deserve it. Like I said, none of that shit is by accident, okay? I could be super greedy, could have been a fucking super liar, a cheater. I could have been out and cheating customers and fucking people over, accepting more jobs. And on top of that, stressing myself out way more, but... The end result would have been, I'd have been a lot richer, but not nah, fuck that. I like to chill, you know, um, I don't even fucking like wearing fucking, you know, Fendi fucking shit or things like that on a daily. I, you know, I know I wear Rude and Rude is really expensive, but check it out. That's my fam's brand. I get a fucking super heavy friends and family discount. He'll throw me some gear here and there, but you know what? I also add value to that brand or brands that I wear in general. So, <sighs> goddamn. Sorry, man, the money ain't real shit. It's just crazy because, you know, I feel for people who are out there working nine to fives and stuff. And, you know, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a crazy fucking time that we live in. So what else? Um, I got on Be Real's podcast this week. So check it out if you haven't. You can check it out on my page and, you know, you can Google it, go on YouTube, see the video. Um, uh, it's called The Dr. Green Thumb Show. 
you know, B-Real's moniker is Dr. Green Thumb, you know. And we discussed some real shit, man, about music business, uh, what I've been doing with jewelry and whatever else. Uh, if you know, Cypress Hill is one of the biggest hip-hop groups in history. And I have a long history with Cypress Hill. So I tell some Forrest Gump stories on there for sure on their show. If I was lying at all whatsoever, B-Real's a gangster, man. He He's like a real G from the hood, from a real set. And um, if I was lying, there's no way B-Real would co-sign anything I said. He would have called me out on it right then and there. But it's, <laughs> even today, man, on episode fucking 54, you know, it's fucking nuts, the life that I lived, you know. But, you know, it was a, it was a really good show. And uh, that entire crew, Soul Assassins, man, they've been smoking the best weed in the world for decades. And I've been around them that long. Uh, shout out to my, my entire Soul Assassins family, especially shout out to my dog, Kenji. Kenji is probably one of the greatest weed growers on earth. He's one of the most knowledgeable people I know in cannabis. And people are like, why the fuck do you know? Man, shut the fuck up. You'd you be fucking surprised. I've been smoking weed since I was 13. There's nothing like that insane OG, Kenji OG. Kids today just don't even, you know what? Kids today don't want to fucking, they just want to smoke random flavors and what's ever popular and, and like trendy and shit. They don't actually really want to get high, I don't think, you know? And I don't mean that in a way like, you know, with pills and synthetic drugs and shit, you know? But I only fuck with Indicas and OG strains. And again, that's just me. Um, I also did May Lee's podcast this week. If you don't know who she is and you're Asian, uh, if you're Korean, you don't know who she is, you know, shame on you. But she's one of the only Asian-American newscasters that was on a major network, like, nationally. You know, and she did it for decades. She was on CNN. Um, she was on ABC. She was on NBC as an anchor. You know, as an anchor, I'm talking about. This girl is, you know, this lady, I'm sorry, my Nuna. Um, the only other piece I could think of, Asian-wise, that, that was on that national level was Connie Chung. All right? So anyways, I did her podcast uh, she started up recently and uh, this is something great that she's, she's doing and she's obviously meant to do this. She's built for it. She's not some new person trying to come up in the gold in the, the podcast, Gold Rush. Um, but I was hyped to discuss current and past Asian American issues. Please make sure you check out that interview when it drops. Shout out to my boy Benny at Next Shark who set it all up and um, shout out to all the Asians pushing the culture forward. You know, I cleared up a lot of things about how I feel about Asians today and where we stand in the world on that podcast. So again, uh, make sure you check it out when it drops. Oh, wait, hold on, wait a second. Um, shout out to Andrew Yang. I hope you get it popping in 2024. Congratulations on everything you did, you know, thus far. Um, I know we discussed having him on the podcast, and I got to as far as even talking to his campaign manager and to his actual staff. Uh, shout out to my homie, Rigel, who is a, a socialite in China. Um, she connected me with his people. And so I think maybe now that he's out of the, the presidency race, um, maybe he, I, it's easier to get him on the show. Um, I couldn't get to New York City last month when he had an open time slot. But uh, listen, we got popping motherfucking guests coming on behind the baller. So I ain't tripping. Um, oh, on some sports shit. Uh, I didn't even know that there was a Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder part two. I, I didn't know that, that, that we had a part two coming on the way. I'm fucking here for it. I'm so fucking geek for this shit, for this fight, man. If I wasn't flying in New York City that night, I'd be watching it live probably. All right, but that last fight was some, that was a fucking gladiator epic battle. That was one of the dopest heavyweight fucking fights I've seen in history, okay? 
and sorry, Tyson Fury whooped Deontay Wilder's ass, all right? Even though Wilder knocked Tyson out, well, knocked him down, you know, in the late rounds, it made it even that much better that Tyson came back and just fucked his whole shit up. That fight was so fucking insane. Like, I tweeted that fight in real time and people went crazy. People love my car chase commentary and my boxing commentary. Like, athletes, I have fucking celebrities, people hit me up like, yo man, you gotta fucking, you gotta do more boxing commentary and shit and I wish I could for this fight, but Deontay Wilder, there's all those memes, where he's like, every day, you know, he's talking all that shit, but Deontay Wilder talks so much shit and um, his words didn't match his actions, so it'd be interesting to see, I, you know, I don't know who's gonna win, I, I can't say that Tyson's gonna come back immediately, I don't know his situation, dude, Tyson Fury is built a hundred times worse than I am. He looks fucking crazy. That belly and shit, shit is nuts. He also got a crazy history, I think, with, with drug abuse and his growing up and all kinds of shit that he went through. And he's just so much going against him in life. And he went against the grain all his entire life. And he still got in that ass. It, again, it was so exciting to watch, man. Even Mike Tyson agreed that Fury won that fight. You know, fuck a draw. Um, on to other news, basketball. The Lakers are playing better ball. You know, that Denver win was dope. And uh, um, I wish I was going to All-Star game this weekend in Chicago. Um, but I got to stay put with my fam. I actually had a bag out there. And uh, I don't even care about the actual game or the dunk contest or three points. That shit's just not exciting anymore the way it is. not It's not what it used to be. It's all fucking weird. I don't know if they're going to figure that out. But the NBA is so crazy as it is. You know, fucking who cares? But uh, I'm, I'm more hyped about the activations going on like uh, my man Don C, Jerry Lorenzo, Fear God, all that stuff, and just Nike and everything. Um, those Chicago Jordan 3s are hard as fuck. I, I know I'll end up getting a pair somehow. And uh, my man Don C, his Air Force 1s, those blue Air Force 1s are so hard. I, I just, you know, it's a special time. When you wear those, you got to have a fit going. But um, back to the dunk contest. You know, listen, I'll admit that one year recently where Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon went at it, that was probably one of the best dunk contests in 10 or maybe 20 years. That was actually exciting to watch, you know? And um, I know I said I'm focused on the Lakers now, you know, that, that football season is over. And uh, after this all-star break, I don't want to hear shit or any excuses about the Laker play. We got to get serious. We got to get focused. We got to get that chip for Kobe. But yo, I, I <laughs> damn, man. I really can't stop thinking about football. It's still in my head and I can't wait for the season to start again. I really really might try to make at least 80% of these Seahawks games. Um, I'm, I'm just fucking, I, you know, fuck fantasy football, but I really, I wish the, the football season was back on already, even though I need to focus on the Lakers. But yo, that's all the time we got, actually. Um, thank you for listening. Again, please subscribe if you haven't. Tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. You know, tell your people about the show. Please support podcasts in general. I have some good shows coming up. My, my man Joe Budden might be my first rapper on my podcast and uh if our schedules permit i'm gonna have him on soon we already discussed he's like yeah let's do it let's 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 rock hit me when you get to new york um but i really don't plan on having any rappers on my show unless they're entrepreneurs um you know that's just not my thing obviously it hasn't been a rapper on but uh next week i got an exciting guest i got joe vargas aka at hustler on the podcast um i'm actually gonna be flying well he's flying me to vegas to interview him he has a crazy story and I'm excited to hear about it. Um, we always got some shit brewing. We always got some shit cooking. All right. 
We're never about that microwave era shit, right? We stir shit slow and let it simmer. With that said, Lakey Lake, please take us out of here. Peace.